0: Welcome to the Broken to Unbroken podcast with Dr. Nick Askey, where we dive deep into how to eliminate pain and continue to train. All right, welcome again, guys. This is episode seven of the Broken to Unbroken podcast, and this is titled Parenting Advice from the Unqualified. I am very unqualified because I will never have children. Uh, I am what my brother would say is a punk. I'm a professional uncle, no kids. Uh, I'm a proud uncle of three-year-old Mason and one-year-old McKenna. Uh, They're great kids, but they do very well with two great parents that are not me. My wife is an assistant principal at a middle school, and if she tells me any more stories about what happens in that school, we are going to go from a queen-size bed to two twin-size beds on opposite ends of our bedroom. Um, that's just the way that we chose to, to, we had that second date conversation. Okay. We're not having kids. Um, my first day with my faculty, doctor, Dr. Crisp, who hopefully will commit to being a guest on this podcast. uh, I told him, I go, I don't like kids. I don't want to work with any kids. Uh, guess who got put in the room with every single kid just because, uh, my hard headedness had the audacity to say that to somebody. Uh, and I had no place to say it at that point in my clinical career. Uh, it's kind of funny calling it a career because I knew nothing and I still don't know much. Uh, I just learned more every day, but he put me in the room with every kid. Uh, I got to learn to love working with kids because kids heal like lightning. They heal like Wolverine. If they have something wrong with them, they just look at it. And they're like, all right, it just heals like they have giant sideburns and they're just like, okay, I'm healed. Let's go play. So kids make you look good because all you have to do, people that are in chronic pain and they have a bad diet, they don't sleep. They have a lot of physiological stuff wrong with them. They may be older with a slower metabolism. If you're playing a game of dominoes, you may have to tip the first five dominoes over to get that chain to go through to where they actually heal. Kids you have to like turn a ceiling fan on to tip that first domino over and they're like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. Um, Kids, there's also no placebo effect because they don't really know that the power of expectation and like all these other things, like kids are as close to being a vet as you can get because they can't tell you where it hurts why it hurts when it hurts quality of pain it's like you got to be half veterinarian half doctor when you're working with kids but if you set the scenario half right they have such pristine physiology and most of them move around and they have varied movement patterns to where they're crawling around and in and, and they're they are moving a lot and they tend to sleep when they're tired and they eat when they're hungry and they aren't listening to Dr. Oz on what they should do. Uh, so they, they tend to do things correctly because they're just based, they're going purely on intuition if we aren't forcing too much on them. So I, I, I love working with kids. So I would estimate that I've treated maybe two to 3,000 different kids. Uh, I get invited to birthday parties and graduation parties. So I consider those my kids Um, and they're my kids and I get paid to hang out with them. It's pretty awesome. And believe it, believe me that if anyone, if I saw anyone that was going to do anything harmful to one of my patients, especially a kid, uh, Papa Bear would come out because I'm very protective of my patients. Uh, I try to be their doctor as well as their mentor and kind of give them what their parents want them to learn, but they won't listen to mom and dad. So I talk to them about the importance of being a student first and an athlete second, and the academics come first. Um, in, I see mom and dad nodding an affirmation like, yes, I've told them that, but they won't listen to me, but they will listen to you. Uh, because I'm not mom, I'm not dad. They think that this is This is new and innovative information, but mom and dad have drilled it into their head hundreds and hundreds of times. But it just gets an eye roll and whatever. You're just mom, you're just dad. But it's a pretty cool scenario to be in because I don't have to change diapers. I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night to these kids crying. I just get to fix their injuries. I get paid to do it. I get to see them succeed and heal and reach their goals. It's a pretty rewarding thing. But as far as my parenting advice would go, I'm not going to go down to the nuts and bolts of, okay, this is how you treat your kid when they're they're crying in the crib. Like that would not be good advice for me because I would not know the first thing about that because I'm not interested in knowing the first thing about that. But the best advice that I can give you is kids need to Go through their normal movements. Like, all right, when you are when you have a baby, do not put them in one of those jumpers where they're in there when they're they're walking around and they don't have the ability to stand up on their own. They may not barely be able to to crawl and you're putting them in those things. Yes, they're convenient because you can set them in there and they can motor around and they're happy and they're safe, but their feet have not formed the bones and ligaments in order to have weight on them yet. So you're setting them up for bad movement patterns. Let them learn to walk by just let them hang on to stuff. Don't hold their arms over their head because it is a lot harder for anybody to engage their core with their arms over their head when in the, the kid can't, Isolate their core when you're holding their arms over their head, like you see in so many home videos of parents helping their kids walk, they are trying to hang on to that core and stabilize their pelvis. And they can't do that with their arms over in in the overhead squat position. So let your kids fall, let your kids screw up. And I'm totally confident that I have a very healthy pain processing to this day. Because I fell out of trees as a kid, my parents spot checked my hands and if they didn't look dirty, all right, you're probably good. I ate a lot of food out of the garden without washing and sanitizing it with fancy whole foods, sanitizer sprays and So my body was exposed to a lot of natural local germs when I was a young kid. So my allergies are next to nothing. So my my immune system kind of got acclimated to exposure to germs. The kids that I see that are sheltered with, all right, we're going to sanitize everything. If the pacifier falls on the ground, we're going to boil it for 20 minutes and spray it with Purell. These are the kids that are allergic to air and chocolate and all the good things in life because their immune systems are not exposed to a wide variety of bacteria and germs and and things like that, to where they're like the Swiss army, like Switzerland doesn't get attacked. So their army is just sitting there ready for someone stupid enough to attack it. Where if our kids' immune systems are not at least tested early on in life, if as soon as they come in contact with cedar pollen or oak pollen or dust mites or anything, that it's going to go crazy and it's going to manifest as allergies. So there's an interesting parallel between microbe and germ exposure as kids and just living a rough and tumble childhood. Because if I didn't build forts in, in the hay mow and fall off of things and climb trees and fall out of trees and jump into ponds that are a little too shallow and bump my knees and ankles and play hockey as a kid and and get smashed around and run cross country and bang up my legs, then I wouldn't have a context of what a 10 out of 10 pain is and what a 1 out of 10 pain is. If a kid is lathered in sunscreen and with a bucket hat and sunglasses and goes out with elbow pads and knee pads and wrist guards just to go for a walk and get the mail, they're not going to have that context. And if the first time they get hurt is when they get Osgood Schlatter's when they're 14, it's going to take forever to get better because they haven't experienced anything else. And this seems like their 10 out of 10 pain. Whereas my gymnasts, they like, if they tell me something's a five out of 10, or my acrobats, if they tell me something's a 5 out of 10, I look for a bone sticking out of the leg because they have such a varied context on what real pain is. And they, they come in and they can tell me, okay, it, it's uh, a 6 out of 10. It, it's sharp with this activity it's dull after practice, it throbs at night, it gets better with this, it gets worse with this, and like I don't have to ask them any questions. I can fill out my whole chart just with this 12-year-old kid who's a gymnast or an acrobat. They come in and they tell me everything I need. But if it's the kid's first injury when they're 15 because they have either been very blessed to not get hurt in a contact sport or they've been so sheltered and protected to where they haven't really gotten hurt and their only context it, for pain is like a tiny little scrape or a bruise. And when that when they have a tiny little bruise, oh, we got to run to Whole Foods and get some Arnica gel to put on that and give you some children's Tylenol. Uh, or if you have a tiny little cut, let's go to the doctor and get some triple antibiotic ointment and put $9 band-aids on that thing and give you lots of attention and ask you about it every day. That's not healthy. Like you don't want to neglect your kids, uh, but you need to let them experience the world and, and build a contextual model for what real pain is and go, okay, yeah, I did have a bruise on my knee, but it's two weeks later and now the bruise is gone. And I do have a cut on my hand, but I can see it healing every day. And I see that it heals a lot slower if I pick that scab often, uh, then I can relate to that analogy. So if your your kid, let's say your kid has knee pain or back pain, and this is something that I have to lay the, the law down with some parents is we may be going from what the kid says is an eight out of 10 pain and it's constant. We may be on visit two or three, and it may be a two out of ten. And the only the only conversation that's being had about this is the parent asking the kid if their back hurts five times a day. If the kid doesn't mention it and they don't look like they're altering their movement patterns and they still want to go out and play with their friends, uh, don't ask them about it. If they don't mention it and It just does nothing more than bring it to the top of their mind and make them hyper aware and nervous about it because they're like, all right, I was chill about it, but mom and dad keep asking about it. So maybe there is something really wrong and maybe I should hurt more or maybe I should really take advantage of this to get out of doing chores or maybe I should take advantage of this to uh, get a new video game or, or get special privileges at home. And that it really turns into a very dangerous, uh, sick role type of psychology. So, yeah, don't like assume your kid is faking it. And I always try and tell parents, like I can tell when kids have a good processing of pain, and then they're tough. I'll tell the parent, hey, like your kid, they they're a legit tough kid. Like if they complain about something, we need to take this seriously. We can't put it off. And then there are some parents to where we just kind of look at each other going, yeah, like they just they haven't kind of thickened their skin yet. And they're just not quite used to this. Um, so you have to strike that balance of kind of knowing your kid, but not being that helicopter parent of always asking about something when it's almost better because it's going to slow down the process. So some two two of the take home points is like, yeah, we need to provide a self safe and sanitary environment for our children. And if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you're doing that. If you have kids, but it can't be hyper sanitary or hyper safe. Like you need to let your kids have some, almost like a controlled exposure to, to pain, discomfort, stress, cold temperatures, hot temperatures, let them get sunburned every once in a while. Like it's not going to kill them, like get some vitamin D through that sunscreen. Uh, and It's just going to make them better human beings because otherwise we're just breeding like puff Cheeto versions of human beings and and they think that we should never be offended or never be in pain or never be uncomfortable and life should just be this lukewarm, super comfortable, uh, soup of just never having any difficult things to deal with in life. So that may seem a little extreme, but I hope you did get a couple of points out of that. Again, it is coming from someone totally unqualified to parent a child. uh, but I do like to think of myself as, as a good role model to a lot of my young patients Uh, as to just things that they should really focus on as far as their school and and respecting their parents and just trying to instill some of those values on them. But when they do end up in my room, uh, I try and give them a reasonable expectation of how things heal uh, and teach them how to answer my questions before I ask them uh, and Being a parent that is kind of helping out on that front at home and not perpetuating a problem uh, and not creating a hyper awareness in in creating someone who is going to we're going to have to kind of unwind how they process pain. Uh, It it just is going to yield a much better life for that kid when they become an adult. Uh, So thanks for listening again. Uh, Next episode, you will be able to listen to a a guest interview. Uh, But I just wanted to get this out to you guys. And thanks again for listening.